Christmas Eve in the morning. But it's very special time. And we celebrate the birth of the Savior. And many of you probably know this, but December 25th isn't really the birthday of Jesus Christ. No one really knows. It could be maybe, I don't know. But no one really knows when exactly he was born, but we celebrate it during this time. And the amazing thing about the birth of Christ is that we get the gifts. I'm sure you all love your birthdays. You get some good birthday gifts, right? But in Christmas, we get the supreme gift. We get the gift of life. We get the gift of hope. We get the gift of salvation. We get the gift of forgiveness of sins and eternal life if you will have it. Jesus didn't come and force himself upon the world. He could have. God can do whatever he wants, but God respects our choices. God wants our love. God doesn't want to force us. And so many people actually reject Jesus. They have no room for him in their inn. But God wants a free will love offering. God wants the choice on our part to yield ourselves to him, to receive from him, and to have a relationship with him. And this is what the birth of Christ is all about. God and man reconciled, and you can have that. He doesn't force it on the world, but he presents it as a gift. And thankfully, we can receive from him, knowing our failures, knowing our shortcomings, knowing our sins, knowing our past, and yet he still came and he still wanted to reach out to us and have us restored to him. And so it's much more than a birthday. But praise God for the day of birth of Jesus Christ, or the holy night, if it was in the nighttime. So Christmas is really a celebration that can be summed up in preparation, anticipation, and participation. Those are going to be our three quick points in the next few minutes. Preparation, anticipation, you were anticipating what I was going to say next, and participation. And I love this service when we can have more participation and things like that. Um, but preparation, you know, we've been preparing for this for some time, the Advent candles. It's a time of preparation. How much planning goes into your Christmas celebration. You're going to have family. You're going to have, you're going to have to get gifts for people. You're going to have to arrange your time and everything, and you're you're preparing through the season. And we're preparing, putting up lights and decorations and things like that. There's a lot of preparation that goes into Christmas, and uh, you know, birthdays, even a regular birthday, there is a time of preparation. You have nine months to prepare for the little one that's on its way. And you start to get things in order in the house. You start to get things adjusted in your life to be ready to be uh, very much in a life change situation with a newborn baby. So a birth is a big deal. The birth of Christ is is so much more than even the big deal of a birth. So much more. Talk about preparation. The birth of Christ was more than just, oh, here's a very important person being born and we're celebrating like, the, like President's Day or something or acknowledging some very important person. No, the birth of Christ was part of a great plan, a divine plan 
in which God from the foundation of the world would have his only begotten son to be slain on a cross. He was born to die. And this was part of something that goes way back in a time of preparation, a time of preparation in which it would take ages for the right events to line up and the right things to happen so that there could be a miraculous birth and a savior born unto the world. God's plan was God so loved the world that he gave. And his plan started at the very beginning. He even hinted at this when he spoke to the serpent and said, you will bruise his heel, but he shall crush your head. All the way back at the beginning, God had a plan. And from the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. And Jesus even said in one section that the kingdom has been given to you from the foundation of the world. There have been all this preparation so that man and God can be reconciled. And you think about all the, the thought that goes into a gift. Oh, so-and-so is really going to love this gift and all the thought and preparation you put into it. But think of the Lord who has had you on his heart from before you were born and had in his plan a savior. So Jesus was not just an important person. I, I remember in China, we had this textbook. The only thing they knew about Jesus is what the textbook said. And it said, Jesus was the founder of Christianity. And he left no writings of his own, but his disciples made some writings and, and just made it sound so trite and convoluted. It made it sound like he's just another one of these religious figures that passed on the scene in history. But that's not what he was at all. For unto us a child is born, a Savior, Christ the Lord. The plan was to send a Savior. And this was no ordinary birth. It was a time of preparation in which a Savior would come. And God had a plan to alter and change the course of the entire history of mankind. Why? Well, it goes back to the beginning. Man went off track. Man left the way of God. God's design was a garden. And ever since the fall of mankind, man has been trying to get himself out of a dump. It went from the garden to the dump. And God would not just sit back and allow that fate to betake us. So throughout time, throughout the history, the Bible is not just a religious book. I witnessed to somebody in Thailand a couple weeks ago, and I was teaching them how to read the Bible. And I said, you know, this isn't just a book of teachings, but you have an Old Testament and New Testament. The Old Testament shows how God made the preparation and made the way for the arrival of the one whom everyone was looking for, the Savior. And so he worked with the people. He worked with the people of Israel to try to reveal himself to the nations. And the people of Israel constantly failed him and couldn't get it together. And he sent them the law and they continually fell short of the law. And so he had to make a way for one perfect to come, even him, his very self taking the form of man and coming upon us. But he just couldn't do it at any old time. There was a time where things had to line up, times had to be fulfilled, and there had to be some preparation in order for the plan to be effective, for God to be holy and just, and for us to receive all the benefit. And I don't pretend to know all the wisdom behind his timing, but God is all wise, all knowing, and his timing is perfect. Maybe you're waiting for God to show up in a special way in your life right now, and you're waiting on that moment, and it hasn't come yet. 
It took years and years and years before Jesus entered the scene, but he entered the scene, and God is faithful, and he will do what he has promised to do. But he's preparing. He's preparing all through that time. We left the garden. We're trying to get out of a dump. We found out that Humpty Dumpty has fallen off the wall, and he can't put himself back together again. But one came, the Savior. Unto us a child is born, a Savior. And that was the thing that God had prepared from the foundation. All the thought that goes into the gift, there it is for you and me. And so, that ought to spark some anticipation. Christmas is a time of anticipation, right? Oh, I wonder what I'm going to get for Christmas. I wonder what I'm going to get so-and-so for Christmas. There's a time of anticipation where you're just excited about the season and jingle bells and ho, 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 and all that stuff, and, and uh, you're just anticipating things. And so imagine all this time of preparation, and Israel had prophets coming to them saying that he's coming. The Messiah is going to come. And there were all kinds of hints throughout God's dealings with Israel. And you read the prophets. There's all kinds of prophecies of the Lord who will appear, the Savior who will come. And they kept waiting and waiting, and it went on for years and years and years. And even between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there are 400 years of prophetic silence. Nothing. And yet God was still in the preparation mode. Even when there's silence, God is still speaking. He's left us a record of his word. He's still speaking. But there was anticipation in Israel, looking for the Messiah. When will the Messiah come? So imagine on O Holy Night or Silent Night, whatever. It wasn't really silent that night because the angels appeared and they shouted, Glory to God, glory to God in the highest. And they said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for unto you in the city of David is born a Savior. And can you imagine the anticipation at that moment? These shepherds who were initially quaking with fear were told not to fear. Wait a second. This is your night because unto you is born this day unto you and me is born this day in the city of David, a Savior. And imagine the anticipation, the could it be moment. Could it be? Is this it? Is this what our ancestors and our, our, our relatives were all t- making the way for, preparing for, telling us about, causing us to look for? This is in our, our blood, our DNA is God's people. We are, we are We are just uh, programmed for a Savior, and all this time the Savior hasn't appeared, but tonight, tonight, unto you, this day in the city of David, a Savior is born. Imagine the could it be that was in the minds of the disciples, or the shepherds, and the, the hearts of the shepherds. And Christmas, and that night, is a time of could it be. Are you living in anticipation of, of the could it be of Christmas? Could it be that God really has come? Could it be that God really hasn't cast us off after all? Could it be that the Messiah is really here? Could it be that God really does love the world, that he sent his only begotten son? Could it be that I can even have a place in his plan? Could it be that my sins can be forgiven? Is there anticipation in your Christian life? It's not just when Boom, I received Christ. Could it be that I'm forgiven? Yes, it is, because Jesus was born to die, and he died for the forgiveness of your sins. Could it be that my past is erased? 
Could it be that I have the hope of a new future, a new beginning? Could it be that I have eternal life and that I have everything to look forward to, even though the things of this world are not looking so good at the moment? Could it be that this is all fleeting and but for a moment and that we have something forever to rejoice and celebrate about all because of this little baby that came, God in the flesh? He wasn't, he wasn't the founder of Christianity. It was God in the flesh. He dwelt in the flesh among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten Son of God. God came and accomplished what we could not accomplish. And that should put anticipation in yours and my heart, because what he did for us has secured so much more for us than what we are enjoying and receiving. The gift of Christmas in Christ is the gift that keeps on giving. And how many of us have just received and gone on, not discovered, not anticipated more? How many of you are familiar with the Matryoshka doll? Anyone else? We got one. Well, you all are probably familiar. The Matryoshka doll is a Russian uh, work, a wooden, a wooden, I don't know what you call it, but you open the, the doll, nesting, Russian nesting toy is what they call it too, and you open it, but there's another one in there, the gift that keeps on giving, and then you open it, and there's a smaller one, the gift that keeps on giving, and you open it, open it, until finally there's the smallest one, and you just can't open it. It just looks like a peanut that can't be cracked. So that's the Matryoshka doll, the gift that keeps giving, but it eventually stops. Now, let's take it from the other way with, with the gift of God in Christ Jesus. The, the gift in God in Christ Jesus is not something that gets smaller, but it gets bigger. It starts small. He started as a babe in a manger. That's pretty low. And to think that the God of heaven and earth, the God, the creator of the universe, humbled himself to become a babe in a poor situation, and even more so, it gets bigger as he goes on. He humbled himself to dwell among us. He humbled himself to obedience, even to death on the cross. It just keeps getting bigger as you discover and anticipate what the Lord has done and what he's doing. It gets bigger because after he went to the cross and died on the cross, he rose from the dead. Can you top that? Yes, you can, because after he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven. And does it get better than that? Yes, because he ascended and he's seated at the right hand of God. Does he get better than that? Yeah, because he's given to us a position with him where we can be seated with him in the heavenly realms, the heavenly places. And it keeps going. He's going to come and he's going to reign forever and ever. It's not a Matryoshka doll. It's, a, it's the eternal gift of God that keeps giving, the gift that keeps giving, and it gets bigger and bigger and better and better. And that's not just what we have to look forward to. Your Christian life can be one of anticipation as well because it starts small and you start as a beginner. You put your faith in Christ and you know so little, but then you start to grow. You start to read his word. You start to discover you're opening the package and it just keeps coming out more and more. But a lot of people will not study his word. A lot of, a lot of people will not get into his presence because they don't understand or seek out the greater. Jesus said, the works I do, you also will do, and greater works than these. Let's, let's just start with doing the works that Jesus did, amen? Let's, let's do what he did. What did he did? He preached good news to the poor. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cleansed the lepers. 
Well, I can't do that. Well, he said, the works I do, you can do in greater works than these. A lot of the reasons we can't do stuff is because we don't anticipate that we can. We don't anticipate that he can work in our lives like that, that he can present himself and manifest himself through us. And he still loves us, and he's still going to bless us, and he's going to do good for us. But I'm telling you, if we can put some more anticipation in our lives, he might just want to come in and honor that and say, well, look, I'm glad you see that. There's more, there's more to come. He told that to uh, Nathaniel after he saw him under the fig tree. He said to Nathaniel, you know, because I knew you, you believe you'll see greater things than these. Jesus always has greater. He's not anticlimactic. And the problem is we sometimes get anticlimactic and we just settle and say, well, I guess that's it. No, and you know what? I'm preaching some dangerous stuff here too because you know you can get your hopes up and say, well, God's going to move in a fantastic way and, and maybe you don't see it right off the bat. Again, there was years that went by in preparation, but it came, it happened. And if you believe, you anticipate, you're going to see the hand of God moving in your life, all because a babe was born on that, that holy night, and he came to die, and he rose again. So we've had preparation, anticipation. We need to have participation, because Christmas is a sign of God's participation with humankind. Not like the founders of our country. A lot of those founders were called deists, right? You know what a deist is? Someone who believes there's a God who kind of wound up everything and then he just set it off and lets it go. And whatever will be, will be. Whatever happens, happens. He, he started it. That's deism. And that's, that's what a lot of the founding fathers of our country were. Not all of them. And there were some Christians too. But we can be practically speaking sometimes deists. We can think that God's there. Yes, I believe it, but you know, I'm, I have to rely on my own devices. I have to rely on what's given to me right now. No, God participated. Christmas is a proof of his participation with us. He entered our world. He came and dwelt among us, and he suffered among us. He participates in our sorrows. It says in Isaiah 53, 5, that he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. He participates in our lives if we have room for him in the end. If you've prepared room for him in the end, he will prepare and become the greater one within. And you can see him giving you the power to overcome temptation, to overcome stress and all the anxieties that life dishes out to us on a daily basis, but you can still have the peace of God if you participate with him. He's wanting to participate more. He's part, proven himself in the participation of our history. But now he wants to participate by being your Lord. He wants to see you prospering in his way, growing spiritually and receiving from him all his goodness and his love, having relationship with him in a close intimacy. You can't have intimacy with someone in relationship without participation. So there's preparation. Have you prepared your heart to receive him? There's anticipation. Do you understand what that means, what you have when you do receive him? And then there's participation. Will you allow him to participate in your life? Will you participate in his ways? And this is where we get a lot of help from the word too, because I don't know how to participate. It's all written here for us. And uh, it's all 
Everything we need is in this book. We can participate. We can know the will of God. We can know his, his heart for us. We can know how to have relationship with him, how to speak to him, how to respond to him. Everything is here. We can know what to expect. But we participate with him through his word and through his spirit. Because Jesus is alive. The gift that keeps giving. Jesus is alive. And if we participate with him, he's going to be made known more abundantly in your life, participating in everything that you do. You know, I like to think of practicing the presence of God. There's an old book by Brother Lawrence, you're probably familiar, Practicing the Presence of God. He turned even washing dishes into practicing his presence. So it doesn't have to be a quote-unquote religious duty kind of thing, but it's just a part participating with him, knowing that he's with you, you're with him, and that he's, he's alive. That he did participate in our time, and he's still participating. He doesn't stop. He's preparing a kingdom for you. It, we, we, we even heard last, uh, the last couple of Sundays in Hebrews, we are receiving a kingdom. He has prepared so much more for his people and if we prepare that place for him in the end, he will come be the greater within. If we anticipate that he's going to work, he's going to. He's going to prepare the works in advance for us to do. It says that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He's prepared good works in advance that we should walk in him. And he anticipates good for us. He anticipates good because he has nothing but good plans for us. And he participates by giving us the strength and the power and the desire even if we will allow that from him. That is the gift of Christmas. He prepares, anticipates, and participates with us. Now can we prepare and anticipate and participate with him? And you say that fast three times and you're going to get tongue-tied. But you know what I'm talking about, and that's the blessing of the Christmas story. God came and God continues and we can continue in him all because he reconciled us. He did something about the sin problem. He did something about us leaving the garden and entering the dump. And he's promised to restore the garden if we allow him and then give him a place in our lives. I, I said on Facebook, I don't post all the time, but I, I, I thought I should yesterday. I said... It's an amazing thing that God came into a difficult world, but it's even more amazing that he comes into difficult hearts, that he's willing, and that uh, he does it all out of love, so much love that he came and died for us. Will you receive him in your inn this morning and give him more than just the, the guest room for the animals? Give him the throne room of your heart. And that's where it all comes to a greater spot in your Christian life. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for loving the world so much that you gave your only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Lord, bless us with greater understanding and greater vision of what you have done. Always let us not grow cold on a cold winter night but help us be warmed by the fire of your love and to understand just how awesome you are in what you've done at Christmas and beyond.
Help us to anticipate greater things in the days ahead, not be moved by what we see, but to be moved by faith and by the power of your Holy Spirit. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.